sunny but underneath the surface lies a dark world behind your safe little havens that y'all call home beneath the surface there's an evil that festers and grows where the american dream goes dark this is the literary license podcast america goes dark episode you're a book to screen show where we head down a dark alley and discover the books the films and all the darkness in between with your co-host Leandro Gazi, Craig Johnson, David Grant, Vicky Ray, and Keith Shago. Things may look perfect on the outside, but what really goes on behind closed doors? Podcast and this book the screen will be covering the book and the film. And today's selection is Beloved by Toni Morrison and the film from 2000 and when 1998, wasn't it? 1998. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Leandro Gazi with us. Hello, Leandro. Hi, how are all of you? David Cavallo. Hello, David. Hi, everyone. Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. And I'm your host, Keith Shago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Leandro. What have you been up to since last time we seen you? Uh, well, it was my birthday, so I went to Sunderland, which is the northeast of the map in UK. Went to see Pink. Oh, um, cool! Yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, and it was really cool because, well, I went to go, I invited a few friends, no one wanted to come along so i went by myself <laughs> i could have gone with you oh to see yeah. pink she would have been brilliant she? no yeah. kidding what's well, their problem a... what's what's wrong with your friends that would have been no, awesome i don't know well, well one one said that uh yeah i've let to go he he likes pink a lot but then he said well let me see let me see. I said, look i'm going to be this this time in this place if you want to bob bob and then and then i'd love uh, to see he, her yeah, no, it was really, really good. Was it? I've never seen her. I heard she's awesome. Well, 
well, you should. You have you have like 49 opportunities because you have 49 states. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I was really, really good. Then I have been in the um, allotment with um, tiding and planting, sowing all the vegetables. The other day I have three radishes and, yeah, working. I went to see a car on Monday and a car yesterday because I'm thinking of buying a car. All right. Um, and yeah, well, that's so far. I have lost weight. Um, from when I started, I was in 120 kilos, now 105. Well, you're an overachiever this year. <laughs> yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and more or less, that was all. What about yourself, David? What have you been up to? Um, well, I went to Pride, um, London, taking my brother. He's been that that was his first Pride ever in his life. And yeah, then he looked at me and it was like, I had no idea it was this big, this massive, this chaotic, <laughs> this anarchic, this colorful. It was like, I know it's good and bad all mixed together. Because <laughs> obviously there's good and there's also bad. I mean, I know that. Did y'all have a good time? Um, yeah, yeah, it was actually amazing. Um, I think I pissed Keith a little bit off. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. I was dragging him around, like, come here this way. Because I was trying to find a friend going this way and going this way and going this way. And then because they were moving around. So, oops, sorry. Um, but it was fun. And then, yeah, I, I just had trouble with crowds. When I, when no, no, I'm, I'm, like, like, ah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, everything's good. But, um, I mean, it was fun. I liked it. I missed it because I think I've been, this is my fourth Pride in my whole life. Um, I don't really go that often, but then this year, because now, and obviously, Deandra, I don't know if you do, I moved to London a month ago, so now I live in London. Um, and then by moving to London, I wanted to be like, okay, now I'm back to London. Let's see London again. I wanted to see London Pride again. So I met, I've been meeting all of my friends that I used to have in London, reconnecting to everyone. That's I'm great. like, yes. It's amazing. And then okay, so I wanted you're to really getting all London. settled and everything. Yes, yes. I mean, at the moment I'm staying quite central. Um, because it's it's a decent place. I'm staying here, but at some point I will look for my own place. Maybe I don't know yet. Um, but I'm trying to convince my brother to come here so we can get our own place together. Awesome. He needs to convince the girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. There will there will come a time, maybe. Um, then I unfortunately this week has been I've been sick for three days in a row. So again, you got uh, sick again? again. Yes, it's ridiculous. And um, proper sick, like proper flus, pain everywhere, um, ridiculous cough constantly, even contested for COVID, nothing. But it is that literally the same thing that happened to me. When was the last time that I was sick? Two months ago, oh, maybe? a couple of months back, you got pretty sick, didn't you? Yeah, but this time it wasn't, the th I mean, it was cough, but nothing related to the throat, so it is. So in the middle of, like, dying, I started watching, I don't know if you, that's a very old 80s cartoon that I used to love when I was a kid. We had it in Italy, and I started watching again, Gem and the Holograms. I don't know if you ever watched it. No. Yeah. I it's an America cartoon. I don't remember about... that one. Oh my god, you'll Come find on. it on YouTube. All the episodes are on YouTube. So is this What's girl? It called? That's kind of a look it Let's up. Take, they should take your your passport out. You know, if you don't know who's doing the whole. <laughs> it's a proper American beautiful cartoon about yeah. this girl. I honestly don't girls. know who it is. Uh, they, they, try, they try to they did to do a movie which I disliked with all my power because it was disgusting. I mean. Personal you opinion. Probably, you probably wouldn't like the new Winnie the Pooh or the Banana Split movie. <laughs> they did a Winnie the a new. Well, oh, was the horror the horror one? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> the bloody version. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. You never I love know. banana splits, though. I love laughing the whole damn movie. Maybe I should give it a try and see if I like it. I mean, you never know <laughs> if you don't try. You know? They're so stupid. They're funny, David. <laughs> well, but I should give it a try. Why not? Uh, but yeah, Gemma the Hog. Gemma the Hog. You do watch Gemma it. The, the cartoon. You find you find all the episodes on YouTube. I think until they remove it and then put. It I have the never heard of that one. It's, but it's, it's from the. From the 80s, I think it's 1986. The 80s, yeah. So the animation oh, is that, very cute. Yeah, see, Ken Keith's got a blank look on his face, too. And I'm just... Oh, like, no, I, I'm, I never seen it because it was, was fast one. It used to be on Saturday mornings, cartoons in America. But, I just don't remember it. it. I, 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 yeah, it's like late 80s. Yes. It's the same kind of animation as like, Masters of the Universe and She-Ra. Oh, is that? Oh, I can tell you exactly what that's about. I can tell you exactly what that's about because I grew up with this cartoon. I always get a kick out of watching the old He Man cartoons, and you got, was no Aquaman. He Man's writing on Taka Aquaman. It's so risque, but now I'm running the 2000s. You know, you were thinking like that back then, but now with my adult brain, my perverted adult brain. But yeah, pretty fun, pretty good stuff, though. That's those are all great cartoons. I, I personally still like certain old stuff because, yes, the animation is bad, let's just say it, but I don't care. I mean, the stories are funny and whatever, and it's just something to put in the background while you're sick and bad and just trying to die. So, briefly, without wasting much time, if I may, the, the story is about these girls who basically are create a group of rock, rock group band, and then the father gave her these earrings, the star shaped earrings with rock red color so these earrings are connected to an, an, an ai who communicates with that and then creates hologram holograms so she, they can change clothes they can change appearances so this girl called jerica and she's blonde she transforms into gem an alter ego and she goes and sing and there's a whole weird relationship with a boyfriend who kisses her but kisses the alter ego as well and i'm, I'm like, mildly intrigued what? now I'm and, look this shit up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm no joking the drama that happens in that tv show you have no idea i, I don't know if you've watched this um there's an american uh soap opera we call it and it came all over to the to italy it was very famous called the bold and the beautiful oh yeah. god that one that has gotten so wow, <laughs> ridiculous. Man. I know. Believe it or not, it was. It is like not, famous in Central, Italy. the bold and the beautiful now. Everybody's <laughs> doing it on the bold and the beautiful. <laughs> I'm telling you, in Italy, it was super famous. So I can tell oh, you. Oh, I bet the it's drama, big in Italy. In a drama in the cartoon, it's on the same wavelength of the bold and the beautiful. The bold and the beautiful, you. no kidding. Okay, now <laughs> I have to watch it. Okay. And have you ever watched uh, Birdman? Bearman. Bearman. This was a superhero. Is a is a man dressed like a bird. <laughs> and he's oh no, I don't know that one either. <laughs> Google it. You guys are like getting me. I must be. I must be in the first stages of dementia. Because <laughs> oh, I don't, don't remember it. <laughs> I used to watch. Yeah, I used to watch. Uh, He-Man, She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah, uh, Thundercats. Skeletor. Oh, yeah, I used to love Skeletor. Keith, any? Well, uh, I was more into well, Batman anime series, which is what we're covering. Um, I was more in the eighties and nineties. I was more into Powerpuff Girls and Rock, Rock yes. Modern Life, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Rocky and Bullwinkle Underdog. I was still watching Felix the Cat, even though it was old. Even then, it was old. <laughs> 
But like uh, around that time that Jen's was at, I was watching like Rocco's Modern World. I was watching all the Nickelodeon stuff, like Rugrats. And... Do you remember the Hudson Brothers? Yeah. And that Kate Hudson's dad, one of them is. Huh? One of them is Kate Hudson's dad, isn't it? I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Julian married Bill Hudson, which is Kate Hudson's dad. For some reason, I thought it was always Kurt Russell for some reason. But we also, but also, they, haven't they been together like forever? Uh, How no. old is she now? She's got to um, be in her 30s. Who? Kay Hudson or? Yeah. Oh, she's got to be probably close to 40 now. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> another thing I was growing up with was like Sigmund, uh, Sigmund the Sea Monster and HR. Yeah. Stuff and, I uh, remember Sigmund. Oh my God, that was so much fun. I love that stuff. Well, next season on our whenever we do our children our children's season, um, we're doing HR puffin stuff. So you'll all get a trippy version of this drug out program for children. What HR puffin stuff? <laughs> Take the HR magic puffin stuff. I remember the song. Eat the magic mushrooms. Wow, I'm, I'm in a different world now. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? That's sort of like Scooby and Shaggy. They were always had the munchies. They were stoned, but you didn't think about it back. <laughs> oh my god, that's 80s. so true. <laughs> you know, but Shaggy and Scoob were always wasted. They were blazed every cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch Scooby Doo. I love it because you always at the end they would explain you what happened. Yeah, I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you kids. Yeah, you used to watch um, Married with uh, Children or Married with Children. Is that the guy with Al Bundy? He's a yes. salesman. <laughs> that, that. that is probably one of the most offensive shows on TV. I totally love it. I used to love it. <laughs> he was eating, giving money to everyone, even the dog. <laughs> I know. I mean, everybody takes his money. He's only a shoe salesman, and they all got their hands out trying to take Al's money. Poor Al. He never gets his fair shake. I don't know why he doesn't think Peg is attractive, though. I just do not understand that. But Peg used to be a backing singer for Bette Midler. Did she really? Uh, Katie Siegel. Yeah, she was. I didn't know that. Yeah, and her. She's also part of the Seagull. There's a whole bunch of them that are Seagulls. I think the. Um, her sister was the little girl in Greece too, and no so, kidding. Yeah. So, but yeah, she was a backing singer back when Bette Midler was doing the bathhouses, and Barry Manilow was playing the piano for her. So, wow, that's that's God, that's so long ago. Oh. What about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Not a lot. It's summertime, but um, just. Doing typical summer stuff. Still got our garden going. Finally got a chance, though, over the last few days to catch up on some movies. I wanted to watch Cryptid really bad. Don't waste your time. <laughs> it's like the, you do have cryptids in your horror cryptid movie, right? It was it, it, it was just one of those movies you thought it was a slow burn, and it was just through the whole thing. It was about this giant alligator part man thing. All I got to say is it looked good on paper, but until... It's sort of like Evil Dead Rises, minorly disappointed. I was like, really expected something different. I don't know. Have you seen it yet? Any of you guys, Evil Dead Rises? No, we were going to. It's the makeup's scary. The actresses are scary. But there's, I don't know. I I had a hard time keeping my attention. And that's really weird for something like that. 
And then I took Asher to see the new Transformers movies because you can't go wrong with Transformers. They kick ass <laughs> every single time. I love Got Transformers. They How do no wrong. Always a great production. And um, when, oh, I started watching the Jack Reacher movies. Tom Cruise is a bit of a tool, but he does make good movies. What so. a question for you. Huh. Have you been to, to the cinema to watch The Little Mermaid? Not yet, not yet. I want to watch it myself as well because that's my. My daughter wants me to go and see it. I just didn't have a chance. I, well, I just, my, my mom, my mom went to watch it. She said it was amazing. But my mom is like me; she's very biased and in, in love with fairy tales and stuff. So, well, we are, yeah, yeah. I, I heard it was good. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Netherlands and all their protesting. What color the woman is? I just. It all started in Europe. You can't blame it on the United States. <laughs> but, but I don't see what the big flipping deal is. But. Good work. I haven't seen it yet. I'm on a little mermaid. Yeah. Well, I think it's wrong. It should, it should be ginger. And I don't, I don't, ginger I don't, mermaid. I... Well, mermaids technically have red hair normally, but she's got red hair in this, I think. Yes, I don't know. I, I think black. So she's got dark. She's got black. Yes. She's a, she's a little black girl, but I thought she had red hair in this. For some uh, what What really pissed me off is like Disney doing. Doesn't carry off ginger hair. Um, I'm I'm a bit angry with Disney at the moment. Since what they did with uh, Jack Sparrow, no. Oh, I know. I, I, I was really do? so hoping for one more with him in it. Just one more, and it didn't happen. So Well, oh, there's, well. there is going to be a new one, but uh, with Orlando Bloom. Because he took oh, the... Oh, there, the uh, he is good. Orlando Bloom's coming back, but um, Johnny Depp... Yeah, but it's... it's and why not? I've noticed there's a, there's a swing over here, production-wise. There's a lot of independent movies getting made. Well, I haven't gone and seen it yet, but everybody I talked to said it beat out Indiana Jones, but it's from Angel Studios. There's a, well, it's a conservative studio is what it is. They made a movie, the true story about, um, it's called, um, oh, something freedom. Sound of freedom. It's the true story of this guy who's been trying to save little kids trafficking, sex trafficking, because the United States is the biggest consumer for it. Uh, in all honesty Whoa. and that movie beat out indiana jones and beat out everybody and it's a christian um studio and i was just really surprised i mean just things are like people are cra craving independent film i guess no matter where it comes from and it, it it's freaking awesome i gotta go see it i haven't had a chance to but i heard wonderful things about it but other than that what are you doing keith what's going um, on in the uk we went to london zoo at night on last Friday. Which, oh yeah, how'd that go? You guys were talking about that. Yeah, it's really lovely. It's a good time. There's no children allowed. They get alcohol. At night? And they party. let y'all in? Yeah, it's only for adults. <laughs> for adults only. That's what I'm saying. They let you in? But they had, um, because of Pride, they had a, you know, a drag queen that was in RuPaul's Drag Race hosting it. Which one? Which one? Do you remember? Um, Cheryl Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I haven't seen him on TV lately. I mean, he's usually on Hulu. I haven't seen RuPaul. I don't know if he's taking a break or what's going I on. I think I think it, um, that that one has been in, in terms of RuPaul and never never win. Mm. Yeah, never I, I mean, I mean, we did do this test about gay animals, and we won prizes. We won a couple badges, and we won some lollipops. What's that? And... That's a lollipop. No, these are those about your, oh, those <laughs> are little little buttons. Yeah, little buttons. <laughs> so that was quite good. We went out to Pride with David on Saturday. 
And we worked our way through the Child's Play franchise because we're watching franchises at the moment. Now we're in Friday the 13th. Um, getting ready for the Friday the 13th TV series that's coming out this fall. So, Is that a new one or is this a continuance of the other? No, they're doing a TV series. like Brand spanking new one. From the from the main people who did Chucky, the TV series Chucky. Oh no, shit! I'm just hearing about this. Okay. So there, there's there's a movie called I think it's called Annabelle. It's like it's like yeah. Chucky, but it's, it's a doll. And I mm -hmm. found that one more dark. The, the the Annabelle, the one where she's in the the farmhouse with all the kids. No, Never there's I think it was a toy. It was a a girl, a girl toy. But but, yeah, the yeah. Annabelle doll. Yeah, they have. They the have a. She. She's the little girl has a like a. You know, like those houses in the garden. Yes. And it was yeah. There and it was calling her all the time. Uh, that movie I found it more like creepy than Chucky. Mm -hmm. Annabelle creeps me the fuck out, man. <laughs> we also. Um, oh, and I've been listening. We've been watching Superstore, and the girl who plays Dina in Superstore. Superstore. Lauren Ash. Um, she's got a podcast. I've been listening to her podcast. Oh, stuff. really? True Crime and Cocktails is so funny. You Never know, heard of it. What's it called? Um, True Crime and Cocktails. Oh, really? I, I think I passed that by on Spotify one day yeah. and I just never listened to it. She's brilliant. I mean, I the reason why I found her is because she follows our show. Does Lord she? Says, yeah. So oh, one good turn deserves another. Yeah, and I was like, oh, because we were watching like Superstore on Netflix. I go, oh, I really, I love the Dina character. She's so funny. And it's like, so the next thing I know, it's like the stuff's feeding through on my Twitter account. It's like, okay, oh, she's doing a podcast. Oh, who's that? Oh, then put connected. So I started listening. Really funny. So, I'll check it out. Yeah, so I highly recommend that. But besides that, that's pretty much it. Which is a 1987 novel by American novelist Toni Morrison, set in the period after the American Civil War. The novel tells the story of a dysfunctional family of formerly enslaved people whose Cincinnati home is haunted by a malevolent spirit. The narrative of Beloved derives from the life of Margaret Garner, an enslaved person in the slave state of Kentucky who escaped and fled to the free state of Ohio in 1856. This is based on a true story. Garner was subject to capture under the Fugitive Slave Act in 1850, and when the U.S. Marshal broke into the cabin where she and her husband had barricaded themselves, she was attempting to kill her children and already killed her youngest daughter in hopes of sparing them from become, being returned to slavery. Morrison's main inspiration for the novel was an account of the event titled A Visit to the Slave Mother Who Killed Her Child, which was an 1856 newspaper article initially published in the American Baptist and reproduced in the Black Book, an anthology of Texas of Black history and culture that Morrison had, edu had edited in 1974. The novel won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction a year after its publication and was a finalist in the 1987 National Book Award. A survey of writers and literary critics compiled by the New York Times ranked as one of the best works of American fiction from 1981 to 2006. It was adapted to a 1998 movie of the same name starring Oprah Winfrey. The book's dedication raised 60 million and more, referring to the Africans and their descendants who died as a result of the Atlantic slave trade. The book's appetite is from the Bible, which is Romans chapter 9, verse 25. What we're going to do is cut to a synopsis of the beloved and be right back. 
This is a synopsis for The Beloved by Toni Morrison. Beloved begins in 1873 in Cincinnati, Ohio, with Sethe, a formerly enslaved woman, and her 18-year-old daughter, Denver, who live at 124 Bluestone Road. The site has been haunted for years by which they believe is the ghost of Sethe's oldest daughter. Denver is shy, friendless, and housebound. Seth's sons, Howard and Bugler, ran away from home by the age of 13, which she believes was due to the ghost. Baby Suggs, the mother of Sethe's husband, Halle, died soon after the boys fled, eight years before the start of the novel. One day, Paul D., one of the enslaved men from Sweet Home, the plantation where Sethe, Halle, Baby Suggs, and several others were once enslaved, arrives at Sethe's house. He forces out the spirit, receiving Denver's contempt for driving away her only companion, but persuades them to leave the house together for the first time in years for a carnival. Upon returning home, they find a young woman sitting in the front of the house who calls herself Beloved. Paul D. is suspicious and warns Sethe, but she is charmed by the young woman and ignores him. Denver is eager to care for the sickly Beloved, whom she begins to believe is her older sister come back. Paul D. begins to feel increasingly uncomfortable in the house and that he's being driven out. One night, Paul D. is cornered by Beloved, who demands sex. While they have sex, his mind is filled with horrific memories from his past, including the sexual violence inflicted upon him and the other men while in a chain gang. Paul D. tries to tell Sethe about it, but cannot. Instead, he says that he wants her pregnant. Sethe is afraid to have to live for a baby. When Paul D. tells friends at work about his plans to start a new family, they react fearfully. One, Snap Paid, reveals the reason for the community rejection of Sethe. Paul D. confronts Sethe, who tells him that after escaping and joining her children at 124, four horsemen came to return her children and her to a life of slavery. Sethe, terrified of returning to Sweet Home and its vicious manager's schoolteacher, ran to the woodshed with her children to kill them, but only managed to kill her eldest daughter. Sethe says that she was trying to put up my babies where they would be safe. Paul D. leaves, telling her love is too thick. She retorts that thin love is no love admit that she did the right thing. Sethe comes to believe that Beloved is the daughter she had killed, as Beloved was all she could afford to have engraved on her tombstone. She is overjoyed, holding on to hope that Halle and her sons will come back and they will be a family together. Out of guilt, she begins to spend all her time and money on Beloved to please her and tries to explain her actions and loses her job. Beloved becomes angry and demanding, throwing tantrums where she does not get her way. Beloved's presence consumes Sethe's life. She hardly eats, while Beloved grows bigger and bigger, eventually taking the form of a pregnant woman. Denver reveals her fear of Sethe, having known that she killed Beloved, but not having understood why, and that her brothers shared their fear and ran away due to it. Sethe and Beloved's boys merge until indistinguishable, and Denver observes that Sethe becomes more like a child, while Beloved seems more like the mother. Denver reaches out to the black community for help, from whom they have been isolated because of envy of Baby Shug's privilege and horror at Sethe's killing her two-year-old daughter. Local women come to the house to exercise Beloved. At the same time, their white landlord, Mr. Baldwin, arrives to offer a job to Denver, who has asked him for work. Not knowing this, Sethe attacks him with a heist pick, thinking he was schoolteacher coming back for her daughter. The village women and Denver hold her back and Beloved disappears. 
Denver becomes a working member of the community, and Paul D. returns to a bedridden Sethe, who, devastated at Beloved's disappearance, remorsefully tells him that Beloved was her best thing. He replies that Sethe is her own best thing, leaving her questioning, Me, me, as time goes on, those who knew Beloved gradually forgot her until all traces of her are gone. And that is the synopsis for Beloved by Toni Morrison. Now back to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Literary Podcast, and we're discussing Beloved by Toni Morrison. And starting with you, David, what are your thoughts of the book Beloved? Right, okay, so I have to admit I didn't manage to finish it. That's my mistake. Um, I just, well, to be honest, I've been sick the whole week, so I didn't manage to finish it. Um, It was a little bit easier to read if I compare it to uh, some of the other books that we actually read. Um, for example, The Color Purple was quite difficult to read, obviously, because it wasn't um, written in, I, I, w- I would say the word proper English, but that's not even correct, because obviously... Our English is so different from y'all's English, like, y'all, no, you, but, you guys, but, you know, <laughs> we just destroy <laughs> the English language over here. We don't care what author it is. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that, first of all, I'm no mother tongue, so that's the first barrier, barrier. Um Obviously, I've learned English, etc. But then it's not my still not my first language. So sometimes I like I don't know that word. I don't know what is the you know that the conversation is about, etc., etc. But then I can get used to. It. I just keep reading, and eventually I learn learn from the context. But then you have the second barrier, which is when it's it's not British English because that's what they teach us at school. Even in Europe, they teach us British English, which is the standard English. And then you have the other barrier. But obviously, we learn from. American television because we get so I'm much. I'm surprised American they don't want anything to do with the colonials and slang lines over there. <laughs> but then the third barrier is obviously you have to learn the slang. You have to learn the language of that time. You have to learn the way the person speaks. For example, when we did a color purple, there was like a sort of broken English of the character. And this one, this one was a little bit easier. So at least that. Um, the other complication is the fact that the story is not like linear. At least that's that's the way that they wrote it down. So it's kind of like you have some flashbacks and memories coming in and out. And so you kind of have to rebuild the whole story. It's not too complicated, but sometimes it makes it a little bit harder to build up everything and mem- understanding the whole story in, like, in a linear way. Too many details. <laughs> that's all I can say. Sometimes there are too many details and you're like... There was a lot going on in the story. It's fair. It's, it's rich. It's rich of detail, which is great. But then... That means you need to have a proper like literature analysis to understand the book and fully and get everything. But then for a simple reading, I think it was a little bit challenging. Not that it's bad. It's just that I'm not to that level, if you understand what I mean. But I liked it. And but it was a little bit challenging that, that I can say. Um, I love the idea that they inserted the mystery and the so, so-called supernatural. But I think of the supernatural, I mean. You can read it and you can believe in the supernatural and the things that happen, which I partially do, but you also can see it. I was going to ask, did you think it was all like massive mental hysteria or do you think it was a real ghost? So the way that that's written makes me feel like it was real. And also the way they made the movie. And when we talked about the movie, my gosh, my gosh, the movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I call that horror, to be honest. But anyway. Well, it is. uh, It was scary. I thought. Also, it is classified as horror. I don't know if it was more thriller slash horror. It's classified as drama horror. 
So yeah, but I mean, I, I find it fascinating because it's more like a psychological horror. My genre, it was I absolutely love that sort of horror. I love yeah. that sort of horror. It's, it's, it was amazing. But um, so you can see the, the the real things happening. So you can't deny that. Obviously, they sing. You know, the things flying and moving and whatever. But also, you see the metaphor and the symbols of the horror because the representation of the PTSD or the oh, horror gosh, they've yes. been through and the difficulties of like getting over the past, etc. So you can see like at different levels. At least that's that's the way I saw it. Um, and and that's another part of the thing. The other part I've loved, my favorite, absolutely favorite character in the story. Baby Sag. I love that woman. She, in the story, was incredible. She was the center of the whole Black community. And she was like a, like a I don't know, a powerful matriarchal figure that appeared in the story as like a protector, as a figure to look up to, etc. Um, in the movie, even more. I mean, we'll talk about it in the movie. When we get to the movie part, of it, I'll talk about that. But I love, I loved her. I loved her so much. And to me, she I felt like she was the shaman of the community, if that makes sense. Where everybody goes to her. Yes, it does make sense. If she kind of like guides everyone. And I love, she was my favorite character in the whole story. Although she wasn't central, but then the fact that she was there makes you feel like, okay, so there is a sort of understanding of the spiritual, the, of the psychological, of, you know, the, the, the beyond reality, et cetera. So when the ghost appears, et cetera, because this figure is there, you kind of like, okay, makes sense. It's kind of like, it makes you, whether you believe it or not, you read the story and you believe in that stuff. At least that's the way I perceived it. So it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. In the story, you you get inside the story and it makes you feel like you believe it, whether you like it or not, that there is something happening, that there is something going on. And then there, is, so there are certain powers like the ghost and then this woman who's guiding the community and just giving powers and then the exorcism sort of like this woman at the end, etc. So the, the end was a little bit bittersweet in the book. Um, so you, it kind of makes you feel like... You know, it's kind of like you wish, I, I wish that the woman had a better ending, um, but it was okay. But obviously, th- these are like real life stories. It was a better and, ending than I thought it was going to be. Yes, but at the same time, it's not a fairy tale. So it's kind of like. It's not warm and fuzzy. It's, it's not going to yeah. make you feel good. It's a very no, sad. No, no, no. But then. Book. But then it's the reality. It's it's the reality of the things, you know. So yeah. But also, I found it useful as a way of like reading the story. It's kind of way to see trauma and how to face trauma and problems as a kind of way, like because I've this is getting personal. But then I've had traumas in the past as well. So and I've had the moment when I cut off my past and that created a horrible difficulties for me. And that's what she was trying to do. She cut off the past, like trying not to remember the problems and the trauma, etc. And she became dysfunctional. She became less human. She became confused and broken as a person. I've experienced that in my life. Like the first years of living in this country, I've had difficulties because I was trying to cut the past. So when I looked at this, it was like, oh gosh, that's the same thing. I, I can see it. You know, so that can people who see this, it's not only like a story of you know the situation of the slave which is like a story is something like a lesson that we all need to learn but also gives you teaching about the psychological side of life when you go through trauma or difficult times etc i don't know i i, I love the story i love the way it was written um i, I loved it in general so what are your thoughts um well contrary to david <laughs> it, it, it took a lot to, to um get my attention this book i don't know why um it was hard to read 
for me. It's like some words were like, oh, the way, you know, <clears throat> it's written, it was, you know, and you don't don't get it, but you carry on. Um, yeah. It's happening that, is it? but this is me. For example, when I read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird or this one, when English is not written properly, I have problems to understand. We say, okay, well, this is grammatically wrong. <laughs> but it's like, yes, if the person, for example, I don't know, never never went to school, that, that's what that's why the the author writes it like that, because to give you a, a an insight of how, how is this person. Um yeah, I like the story, but not my favorite book. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Vix? Well, I won't say it's my favorite book either, but I would say it was like a total lesson on PTSD and and the effects of slavery on humanity and and how it is just dispersed generation generationally. But uh, it, it it's clear that Setha is just not ever you know she this is a trauma that that I don't even think it's something that's even fixable, even with modern medicines. I mean, because of the things that happened to her, you know, I mean, just just like the, the, where they stole her milk, things like that. I mean, how do you come back from something like that? And when you think about it, I would probably feel the same way as a mother. I would probably want to kill my children than let them go back to sweet home. And I mean, it was, there's just nothing happy about this book. It's just one human surmountable struggle after struggle, and then you have the paranormal thrown in, or is it their guilt? So you're always wondering, is this just somebody who escaped off another farm, or is she actually that baby that has come back? I mean, there's just so much going on, and I had a little bit of a hard time traversing the book a little bit, because it was the, the slave language, and, and you know how they, they she wrote like how they would talk back then, so I had a little bit of a problem with the comprehension of it, but it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was, I I, I think it tells, I mean, like directly after slavery, I mean, how, how long was this into it? Because this this had, war had just ended, right? This ended. So there's, they're free for. In Ohio of all places. The, the thing is, you know, Ohio, like if you've ever driven, like there's Kentucky and then you go over the bridge to Cincinnati and there it is. So, I mean, if you got the geographic to work with, I mean, that is kind of a scary river. I was thinking about how she made it over that river. And I noticed that water is a theme throughout this kind of, and then there's numbers that come up in certain colors like red. And the number 124, 124 is the address of the house. But I was trying, did you guys figure out what the 124 meant? It was supposed to be 1234, but the third child was missing. I had to dig for that fact. So that's oh, why 124 kept coming up. I mean, you just have to, I mean, she has a lot of symbolism in this. She's really good with how she wrote this. I mean, but I had a hard time reading it, but I'm glad I read it because it does mean, because the book is, doesn't cover all the facts. I mean, the movie does not have everything that the book has got more backstory, of course. And then you had Paul and then you wouldn't have understood who Paul D C E F and R. (laughs) I guess they just named them Paul, whatever. You know, or because there were so many of them, they used the name and recycled the names and slaves, you know, for that. Well, they were like it was such a depressing uh, book, though. Was sad well, they were book. like they were like pets, weren't they? Yeah, they were cattle. And I mean, it just showed that I mean, and in motherhood is something you cannot love in this book because anything you love, it's going to be more painful and harder on you if you love anything. 
I mean, that was the lesson I took away from it. These people just cannot love because if they do, it's going to be worse for them. But they do, you know, I mean, just, 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 the, it just haven't. Well, Paul, I'm kind of glad that he kind of straightens out man and does come back, you know, to Setha and help her because I think that woman in, in the book, she suffered so much. Well, I, mean, I, think- I just got to wonder. It doesn't help that the community turned against her anyway. I mean, the thing is that... Yeah, but it's folklore in the middle as well. Believe It's definitely folklore-ish. But a lot of it has to do with the simple fact that, you know, she she killed her daughter. She was going to kill the rest of the children before she got stopped. And because she killed her daughter, actually saved herself and saved the rest of them. Because if she didn't kill her daughter, they would have been dragged back to slavery. <laughs> Well, you know what? I looked up and I didn't understand that this was, I didn't understand this. Okay, there was a certain time. This is why she didn't want them to go back because um, there was there was a time when you could not bring them back over across the ocean, bring the slave trade. So that's why you have so, I didn't know this. I was like yesterday's years old, whatever, when I figured it out. But, um, <clears throat> but they used to like, they just constantly breeding and breeding and breeding, which includes rape and other horrific sexual acts on women to have more children because they cannot bring slaves over anymore. And that's where you get the lighter skins and the names and everything that come along with the, the, the people that survive uh, the slave trade. And I didn't know that. And uh, it's well, the, ba- the, well, the baby, that, I would kill my children, too, especially the girls, <laughs> honestly. Well, but the babies that they had didn't belong to their mother. They belonged to their master. Yeah, yeah. And mo- nine times out of ten, it wasn't from another black man. It was from the plantation owners or the foremen or the overseers. So they kept these people constantly pregnant like hell to keep yeah. having babies. And they would have seven, eight, nine babies. And that's, well, I mean, it was... It's the same thing on a farm, though. That's the reason why you keep your cows pregnant so they're always producing milk. right. Right. And so I mean, and they were they were they're considered. You know, it's horrible thinking about it, but I mean, the reality of it, they were cattle. They were. They were know. to these people as inhuman, and that they had. To, I mean, there was no humanity. Very little. I mean, I've talked to people, you know, down here, down south, that said they actually their families actually had slaves, and they said that. Well, this is in retrospect. You don't know what happened 200 years ago in anybody's family. They say they were treated well and that they never wanted to leave that family. But when you think about it, they they were trained to not leave those families and be dependent on mm-hmm. on their slave, the slave owner so that they wouldn't leave. You know, I mean, it's, it, their world was just so made so small and. It, it was a very telling book. I mean, it was full of things I didn't know about. And of course, I go look stuff up because I'm a weirdo. Well, like the, but, but even the rape of the Paul D on the chain gang. Yeah. Like, you know, you have the rape of him and what they, they would rape the men as well. And, I know. I did that. Yeah. That I did not expect. I mean. No, it's, it's not dominance, isn't it? To make sure that they're dominated. Make sure they take any will that they have out. And, yeah. and, and, and I guess it, that's a way to break the human spirit. Another thing is. Somebody. I guess another big thing is, is that um, when the schoolmaster, yeah, the school teacher shows up to take away Sethe's children, you know, they just march in, and you know, everyone's marching around, but they don't, they don't, no one steps in. But I it guess, I guess they had the right, even though the laws had already passed where they could. I'm trying to figure out how they could just come in from Kentucky into Ohio. It's like then it's not yeah. supposed to be a freed state. But but who's gonna but who's gonna stop them? 
Yeah, exactly. If you're black and you all you have to do is touch a white man. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's it. You're dead. You know, it's 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 legal. It's, you know, I mean, they're they're still not considered people at this point as well because I mean, slavery just ended, and they're yeah. still and they're still you know they're still property. If she didn't kill her child, then they were going to take their they they were going to take her children away from her because they belong to them. Yeah, that 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 would have made that I, that was so sad though. How desperate a mother must be that she'd rather kill her children than allow them to live that existence. So that's pretty telling in and of well, itself. Well, another thing is when she finds her birth mother, her birth mother shows her her brand that's above her chest. because She, she was from Africa, correct? And she also had like seven or eight children. I never figured out why they hung her mother. You don't, because she got, she's too old. Is that why? That's all, I that's thought what she was hoping yeah. people get away. If, if, if they, if in some plantations, if they got too old, and they were no longer of use, you hung them or you burnt them because they're no longer of use. They're I've used. never read that anywhere. This is the first book I've ever seen that in. Yeah, they, well, they're eating your food and, you know, they're, I mean, do you keep an, do you keep an old cow around? Do you keep I an would. old cow? Do you keep I an would. old, what about an old horse? What do you do with an old horse? You take it out back and shoot it, don't you? No. I no. don't know anybody that shoots old horses or cows. They pasture them now. They go out to pasture. They don't Well, they say they go out to pasture, but to be honest, I mean, on our farm, when the horse got too old, we sold them to a glue factory. Well, a glue factory. Well, if you think if, if a horse get, um, I don't think they do that anymore. I think they find other ways to make glue now and gelatin and things like yeah. that. Well, but what I'm saying is, is that you have to remember that, you know, you're not looking at them as people. You're looking at them as livestock. And when livestock is no longer useful, you don't right. you don't pull them out the pasture. We tell people they put them out the pasture, <laughs> but you don't because all you then you're gonna have a bunch of fucking old cows running around the pasture somewhere. Who's gonna take care of them? Right. And you still have to be fed. You still you know you're not gonna put out. You're not gonna spend money on hay and silage and. You know, and all that. And that's, you know, you've said it, you know. So when they say sending out the pastures, a bit like what you say about when a person's dog died, oh, they've gone up to doggy heaven. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, is that the kind of bridge? And, you know, they, and they did stuff, you know, but it is telling that she said that she didn't know who her real mother is. And then this woman comes up to her on the plant, on, on Sweet Home and says, I'm your mother. Um, If you ever need to find me, and shows her the brand on her, said that therefore, you, you know, if my if he, you you'll know it's me by the brand because my face might not be recognizable, or they might hang me, or they might burn me, or so it's telling. I mean, and I guess um, and I think what I like about Toni Morrison's novel also it's, it's not preaching to you; it's giving you all this facts and all this stuff and stuff like this, but it's not telling you like it's not pointing a finger at you. At the people reading the book, or, look at what you've done, or look what you should have done, or this is the way it was. And then, yeah, it, it was horrific. Um, but then the time they leave that up to the people that introduced the book for the shaming part. <laughs> the book, well, I mean, the thing is, is, the other person do it. Well, I think, I think what Tony, Mo- well, I think what's so good about Tony Morrison, and I think because the where the when the book was written in the 80s, it's a good way to do this because then you can feel whatever. I think if the book was written today. It'd just be accurization and accurization and accurization against, you know, a generation today who are not at fault what happened back then. No. You know, 
And even though a lot of people think that's whatever happened in the past, that the generation today needs to suffer for it, which is ridiculous. So, and I think that Toni Morrison handles that very, very well. She did. She did. If I think it was built, if I think it was written today, not by her, but by someone else, it would have been about like, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. Pointing at the Oh, it would have gotten, it would have been hijacked by BLM or something else like that. And they would have perverted the whole story into something that Mm -hmm. wasn't recognizable. But I think sort of like, I was like, I've been watching older shows. You know how we talk about woke this, woke that. And I mean, I guess Indiana Jones was even woke. I know somebody that got up and left. I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. But I think that if you're subtle about things, like if you watch the older shows, like Dr. Quinn for one, one of them, and, it, and it's always about those issues, but they're presented in a way that actually gets the point across mm. without trying to infuriate another whole population. But it, it does, there's a way to do it. There really is a way to get the point across. Well, I thought another she did that. And I thought another interesting thing is is that after Seth they, you know, murders her child, and, and it's like, and we un- and we understand why she does. I mean, at first right. we're like, what? And that but the story goes on, we kind of we understand her and we kind of we have empathy but for Paul her. D didn't understand. <laughs> he didn't. Well, but that but that's what's interesting because if you look at the community around her, she was shunned from the community. You think that they would get it. That's what I didn't understand. It's only it's only after years would get it. Yeah, it was only after like fifteen years that they finally got it. You know what I mean? And it had to take it had to take with uh, Denver happened to go and ask for help. Really, that made them to turn around. That's when the community came forward. Yeah. Well, you can't forget about the evolution of Denver because Denver and I mean, let's face it, this whole story revolves around this paranormal activity in this house, if it's paranormal or not paranormal. And I mean, Paul D does seem to chase it off for a while when he challenges the said entity or whatever, and it leaves, but then it appears to come back, you know, mm-hmm. but in a woman's form. And I was all when I was reading it and watched the movie, I'm going back in my head, God, this is weird. But I mean, that all the telltale signs are there. I mean, with, I mean, she didn't speak like an adult either. So she came back. Well, she was, to a, ba- she was a baby, body. wasn't she? If you if you notice, like when she and first. She wanted her mother's attention 24-7. Yeah, which is what a baby needs. Right. You know? um, and I like the idea, like, and then when she's just learning to walk. And then when when Denver and her are running and, and you know, Denver's running out in the field and then you got beloved running and beloved's running like a toddler just learning to walk yeah. that toddler got walk. denver denver has an evolution too because she's secluded and isolated from the world and it takes all that crap and her mother going into that utter despair at, you know that gets her out into the world and saves her mother's life because I, I was i did not expect all those women to get together and go do like whatever kind of exorcism you know, can you imagine a bunch of black Bible beaten mamas coming to your door? That's some powerful mojo. Okay. <laughs> I mean, another thing that's quite interesting also is the simple fact that, you know, Denver, when Denver finally does leave and gets a job, it's basically it's like get a job or starve. Well, yeah, they have no food, yeah. nothing. Well, didn't she? Um, Seth gave up her will to live at this point. Paul's left her. Uh, it, this this baby woman, whatever woman, child, whatever the hell this is, it's in the house is taken over completely. And even Denver, she doesn't even pay attention to Denver anymore. And she's just the soul. It's like she's sucking the soul right out of her mother. 
Well, not only that the beloved ends up pregnant. By Paul. That I still mm. don't understand any of it, whether that was the movie or in the book. I do not understand the whole point of that sexual um, encounter. Well, the sexual encounter, what it does is that I think that Paul D, it, it awakens Paul D to the simple fact that he remembers the past for what it was. So I think he's been, he like glossed over, he's been glossing over his past. What's Red Heart though? Well, basically, what I think is that once he sleeps with her, he sees the past for what it is. And all the horror of the past comes flooding back into it. Well, him. he doesn't want to remember his rape or any of that stuff that happened on the chain gang. Yeah. But I mean, I would have never thought that men would have to endure that either. I just, it's just the, the movie, the book is very, very telling. Well, I mean, you get, I mean, to be honest, you get raped in prison anyway, don't you? So, yeah, that's true. There is, a, you know, there is men rape in circumstances because it's about dominance, isn't it? And yeah, it, 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 it all, I mean, you see dogs do it all the time. It's all male dominance. I guess it's still, I guess there is some bit of that left in our brain somewhere yeah. back there, I guess. I'm going to make you my bitch and all that sort of basically. stuff. Basically, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, and I do like the parallels that basically is that, you know, you know, our past, we can run as far as we want to from our past, but we're still connected to it. Yeah, it's not unless going it, And unless you sort out the past, there's no way you're going to be able to live in the future. So I guess that's the meaning, the running theme in this. You know, and I guess the running water is the same thing with water. You know, what's upstream is going to eventually come downstream. True. And so I guess that's some of the symbolism. And, you know, once the beloved is once the beloved is disappears or put the bed and you know then seth a can now heal can't she because it takes her a while to heal and stuff like this but once she put you know once that has gone and once you know another thing is once denver realizes what's happened and she understands the past and she knows exactly what happened that's when she's able to leave the house and move forward to start her own life so and well she had no idea her mother had killed her sibling but, but once, they all expect, but they all think it's beloved in the house, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Denver didn't know she killed her until Paul D found out, and then that's when all that came out, correct? But if you notice that, if you look at Paul D's character, for instance, Paul D's character is stuck in a rut. Even when even when he's having a relationship with Sethe, they're still stuck in a you know, he's still kind of stuck in a rut. Once he sleeps with Beloved and he realized what the past is and he was going to confront Sethe, but instead decides he's going to raise his own family. And that's when he finds out um, everything that's going on. But when you see Paul D, because he's faced the, the past. Oh, I found it. Because he he's just, always talking about Red Heart. Remember when he, he's always talking about that tobacco tin buried in his chest where a Red Heart used to be. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But as soon as he's, for, as soon as he was confronted with his past, which was sleeping with beloved, and then he, you know, finds out the past of Sefe, and then he leaves. When you see him again, he's dealt with the past. That's why he's a new person. You know, he's able to move forward now. Before he was running around in tatters and you know, and scraps and just doing whatever whatever he had to do to survive. Now, when we see him at the, you know at the end of the book. Um, when he shows up, he's a new person. He's washed. He's cleaned. He's re- he's facing a new world. He's ready to take on responsibilities and stuff. So I think beloved is basically your past, and whether she's you know the 
the child or not. She's the ghost of the past. Once you deal with the ghost, then you're able to move forward to the future. And I think it's all the symbolism along with that. From what I what I could gather. Well, before we move on to the film, let's rate the book Beloved. So, David, how many stars do you give the book Beloved? I would say 4.5. And that's just because I like the movie more. But also because I didn't manage to finish the whole book. I had to skip some parts just to get to the end um, because I didn't have enough time. Um, but 4.5, that's my vote. What about yourself, Le- um, Leandro? Three. <laughs> Not bad, eh? <laughs> And what about yourself, Vicky? I'm gonna give it a four. I would give it a five, but like I said, I mean, I just wasn't very good at that. I it, it was kind of hard for me to, but I mean, that that doesn't detract from the book. It's an excellent novel, but I'm gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it a five only because I really love this book. I I mean, I, I read it really quickly, like within a week. Um, for some reason, it grabbed me, but I don't know. I read a lot of Alice Walker books anyway, so I've read her whole collection. So I, for me, this is kind of, they have different writing styles, but I've kind of read a lot around this, the way this was written, dealing with these kind of um, Americanization of words. Right. So for me, I guess it was quite easy. And I quite, I was quite intrigued by it because I, you know, and it wasn't what I expected. So I, it kept me interested. So so I, you know, I get it. I get it five. But the thing is, if you're asking me about readability, I will never read this book again. So no, I mean I've read it once. I can say I did it. Yeah, <laughs> but for some reason it was easier than the color purple for me. Color purple. Color purple was read. easier. Uh, read. I found color purple really easy to read. I'm really. That's I did too. Uh, I'm the opposite. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I I I found the color purple. Well, color purple that was my second time through it. So. But the deep question, did you guys read the book first and then watch the movie or vice versa? I watched the, I read the books first and then I watched the movie. Okay. It just depends on how much help I need. I went and watched this, then I read the book, then I went and watched the movie again. Then I went back to the book because I was having a hard time with comprehension. (laughs) But I mean, but the thing is, the movie didn't have a lot that the book had. So, I mean, either way. And this brings us to Beloved, the 1998 film, which is an American psychological horror drama film directed by Jonathan Demme, who directed Silence of the Lambs. And starring Oprah Winfrey, Danny Glover, and Fandy Newton, based on Toni Morris's 1987 novel. The plot centers on a formerly enslaved person after the American Civil War, or haunting by a poltergeist, and the visitation of a reincarnated daughter. This is the first film produced by Harpo Films, which is Oprah Winfrey's film company. Despite being a box office bomb, Beloved received an Oscar nomination for Best Costume Design for Colleen Atwood. The film received mostly positive reviews, and both Danny Glover and Kimberly 
Elise received praise for their performances. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of The Beloved and be right back. Is that you? What's left? How long has it been? 18 years. What kind of evil you got in there? It ain't evil. Just sad. We have a ghost here, you know. It can't be easy. A young girl living in a haunted place. Got a tree on my back and I hate in my house. Nothing in between but the daughter I'm holding in my arms. I'm a grown man. Nothing new left to see or do. We can make a life, girl. What might your name be? Beloved. What you looking for when you come here, beloved? I look for this place I've been. I think the baby got plenty of baby no it's grown it's the age it would have been had it lived she a charm child from the beginning it's clear why she hold on to you i just can't see why you holding on to her you won't ever leave us will you don't tell me what to do but i'm on your side she the one she the one i need here in this place we are flesh flesh that weeps laughs Dances barefoot in the grass. No running from nothing, because I'd rather know my children away at peace in heaven than living a hell here on earth. So help me, Jesus. Me and my woman's plan on starting a new life. Nobody's gonna own us no more. Nobody's gonna own my children either. No matter what happened, God has led you home. Welcome back to the Children's Podcast. We're discussing Beloved, the 1998 film directed by Jonathan Demme and starring Oprah Winfrey. So, Leandro, what are your thoughts of the Beloved? Um, well, I I found it really interesting. The movie is like um, shocked for some parts, you know, like when when they were raping her, and then it was like, wow, that was like. Hard. That was really graphic. I don't even yes. I guess it's a rape. It wasn't like a physical boom yeah. boom kind of rape, but it um, was really disturbing as a woman yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that. you know, you know that <laughs> for the point of view of a director, you can maybe show the same sequence in a different way. For example, you know, the action can be shown maybe you know, but this was graphic. It was like no, no, no. Uh, that was awful. It was direct. Um, and it's uh, for me, it's like if we get, for example, get like shocked by things like that, imagine the thing that happened that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't. I mean, it really makes your mind run wild yes. with what things people endured. Uh, and it's like, and this is like, you think this is too much? Well, you're you're short, probably. And I mean, it's not just the American slave period, I and mean, we're talking slaves throughout the, the whole millennia. Yeah, 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 we're talking, yeah. I mean, it must it just fucking. Like, uh, being owned by another yeah. human being no matter what period of time you're in because humans have been doing shitty things to humans for yeah, well, centuries like i was do so, so you have an idea i i watched once a documentary about adolf hitler and he was born in um but it's not connected with the movie at all right but yes for with the subject he was uh born in a really small town in Aust in austria in like 
but imagine it's like the town that was really remote and it was so remote that people were having sex in the same families and the same circle and and it's like that's like fucked up <laughs> but going back to the movie i like when for example when uh, danny glover entering the house and he have to go from the porch or the entrance to reach the kitchen and in that that moment all went red and it was yeah. really cool because it's, it's just a light but it gives you an idea of okay that spirit is, is here um graphically it was like really like graphically <laughs> talking it was a pretty um, graphic movie yes. all the way through can, can i can i just say being graphic some some scene there was a scene when <laughs> i'm sorry i looked and i was like why did they show this scene do you know when the love just appeared in front of the house yeah. and then seth had a moment to freak out she went back and you saw her bending down and pee like a proper cascade yeah i was, and I was like what the hell what? that was too. <laughs> I, I was confused like this is really graphic well, <laughs> well, fair well, enough well. i mean but it has to do with the simple fact that basically is when someone's scared or someone you felt something maybe empty yourself well in the book i mean it explained that she felt like her water broke when she first meets beloved beloved yeah so i was thinking maybe that had that had something to do with it i think i think it's symbolism yeah and they couldn't show her like giving out after birth would have been harder right because water is one of the themes throughout the whole thing. Yes. Water, the color red, one, two, four. I mean, she had certain, and they did that in this movie too. So they did follow her little, you know. And then, and then when when um they come to look, they come to get the kids, and they open the door, and she, you realize that she has been doing this with the baby. Oh, I know. It's like <laughs> oh my God. With the, So it was really. I know. Well, just well, being okay. a mother though, that's hard to watch. Yes. I'm yeah. just like, um, but I don't know. You know when 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 I saw that no, but when when you when you Vicky were chatting earlier, something came to my mind that and then then this like the man before they go, some of them said to her, "You're an animal," and and then when you were we were talking, I don't know, the image came to my head, and it's like you know what happened when a a, a dog, a female dog, have the puppies. And another dog tried to uh, to come closer. The first thing that the mom will do is like get angry, try to fight. But if yeah. she can't do much, she will kill the babies, the puppies, before another dog attacks them. And it's nature, and it's like that. And you will think this is really crazy, but for the point of view of 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 a dog, it's like a mom can allow that, that someone take the puppies, so she prefers to kill them herself. Right on there, and it's another world. This in a in a way is is horrible, but it's similar. It's like she would prefer that they die before they were put to be a slave. So, and as as Keith said, said, you know, like for the society it was kind of like was really easy to not to understand why she did what she did. Okay, she lost the truck, but I don't know. It's like I think that in a situation like that. I don't know. You need to put the things in context to understand why the person did what the person did. It's not that she killed them because she wanted. You know, it's like I don't know. It's it's. I rather be I rather be dead than be put in that situation. Be that be put into a slavery situation. Sorry. If if I if I was born into slavery. Yes. And I would I would rather have my mother kill me at birth 
than to put to have a lifetime of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't want. I don't know. The, the thing is, for me, it's like it's really hard to you know. The, we always say try to put in other person's shoes, but I think in this situation is 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 another level. You know, it's not like because it's more. I mean, I think it's, this is more complex. You need to be in that situation at that time in the time that was happening, right? Because of course, if it would be like no, no, let's say these days, but you have more, more tools to play to play. At that time, it was like it was more like one thing or the other, and there was no nothing in the middle. So, that was it. Survival. That's it. Yes, basically, it was that. And even for, well, the scene that she was trying to cross and she couldn't. And there was it was in the boat, and the baby was born in the water. I don't know. For me, it was like crazy you know like um those uh, water was a big element i mean i mean like yes. i said she had a lot of symbolism and themes in the well book. yes if you think it's like water when, yeah, the, the, the river the yeah. ohio river that she escapes over you got all kinds of symbolism with water and, and when she asked how did you come here so well someone so, someone told me that i have to cross the river so water again so um yeah, that part of the the old lady, I can't remember the name. Um, baby, baby Suggs. Baby Suggs, yeah. Um, I found it like probably it's like she was the only one who was trying to connect all the society to more back to the roots of them. Like, because, and it, this thing has happened like in, in, in the Amazonas also, you know, like, I don't know if you have seen a movie called The Mission. If not, watch it. It's amazing. Where that there are some tribes that they have their own all believings and all that. And then Christianity came over, took over all of them. And then they were then they were scared of being who, who they were or do the things that they used to be. Um so I think in this in this point she was trying to bring them all together. And she was saying, like, you know, like she was saying, I don't know, love yourself, go like. Like she was, I don't know, dancing, get like kind of like saying like get naked, but to see yourself, who you are, and how you are. So and Oprah, I think she 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 got get more more awards. I don't know if she had done any more movie, but this movie, I think she was like really really um, well played. In the other movie, in the other movie that we 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 saw her, can't remember the name now. Uh, what was the movie? Was she... Yes. She was there, but for me, it was like more like a secondary play. This one is like she's like the main character. Um, it has the same vibe, though, almost. Yes. Well, it also has Danny Glover from The Color Purple as well. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. Well, when I saw Danny Glover, I thought, oh, wow, this, <laughs> this, a, a rape happened in the movie, and this man in real life has been accused of that. So, the wow. <laughs> Danny Glover is kind of an ooey character in this movie, though. There's just something about him that kind of, it's, I don't know what it is. He just kind of got yeah. that vibes like you, you know. Well, the the end is. of it, he looks like Samuel L. Jackson in Glass. Yeah, he kind of does. He kind of does. Is beloved the same actress that she appears in Captains of the, uh, uh, Captains of the, oh, Captains of the Caribbean? That she's Calypso. No, Daniel Glover was in Loaded Rock. No, 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 no. Below oh. the the girl. Kimberly Elise. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm really bad with names. She was in Westworld, right? Oh, that oh beloved. Oh, you mean uh, I think uh, okay, the actress that is you have Denver, and then there is the one called uh, Sandy Well Newton. Yeah, that's Sandy Newton. Sandy Newton's in Westworld. Yeah. Okay. There's. This is her first movie. She was also a Bond girl as well. How old is she in this? She's young. God, she's got to be yeah, just a kid. Maybe fifteen, yeah. something like that. Because I was great. really shocked. I go, oh my god, look how young she was in this. She's fantastic, young, but incredible. Yeah, she is fantastic in Westworld. She's awesome. She's very good. Um, she she's from Kentish Town, London. Is she? Oh, is she? I didn't know that. Oh gosh. I don't know. I I found I found the movie really interesting because. Like for example, another another scene that was also was like, um, Danny Glover ended sleeping in the in in the shed because she couldn't carry on appearing and on doing like magic things. I don't know. Yeah. And so then they, they ended having sex, and then Danny Glover said, "I'm back to life. I'm back to life." That was the weirdest sex yes. scene I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of movies, mm. but I mean, just that she just goes in there. She's like, "What is she was? I want you to touch." The inside or whatever she's talking about yeah, but i mean it's just like i mean i don't know i always say you can't rape the willing i'm just wondering they say that she rapes him in the novel and i guess collectively she's raping him in the film but how do you rape I, yeah, I think i think the book makes it a bit more clear because when he's having sex with her he's getting the past he's getting his past all put together right. for him so it's kind of ditching his past yeah. Ditching his past, which gives him this new decent life because he's facing his past for the first time, and he's not. Another one. Then, then she appears. In the movie, you're kind of watching it. It was a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, movie. just I was like, yeah. this is really ooey. And then, and then she ends up pregnant. Yes. And then you know why was she? I mean, at the end though, and why is she naked? Why does she go outside naked and pregnant? I, I mean, some of this stuff just. <laughs> but, I just totally missed it. Yeah, I, I don't then, usually, but I did. This movie did not fill in my blanks. Yeah. And then it was like they were doing like a public exorcism of her, you know, until she saw the the master. I don't know the name. That that man dressed in white, Mr. Baldwin. And it's like the she wanted teacher, to. Yes. Sweet home, school teacher, whatever he is. Um, yeah. now, Mr. Baldwin, the guy, the white guy at the, at the end. end. At the ice pick. That's the one that was giving Denver a job. That's the mm -hmm. one. right. He's the nice yes. guy, but she he reminds Seth of the school teacher. Yes. Oh, the other other valley. Um. So I don't know. I mean, it was there was one moment I don't know why I say in my mind that the, um we love was all okay. Let's say until the the sugar ran out in the house. Yes. yes. Things. And then she was like, "That's not my sugar." And she was like, Rah. "Oh, that's right. She couldn't make her sweet their sweeties for her anymore, and she was yeah. angry because it. And the way she ate, oh my! God. I mean, well, but I no, mean, no, Daddy but... Duke couldn't have done a better job being, you yeah. know, doing Anne Bancroft and her and the Miracle Worker. It was the same thing. I well, got thinking of Daddy Duke the whole time. I think they were trying, trying to kind of, if you think, well, what, how I see that she arrived, she was like, she was like a baby. No, Denver, Denver. What was the deal with all of the ladybugs all over her? Oh, Remember, I she's standing by the tree and she's just la, 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 and Well, I think that doesn't like, like a kind of like she was coming from the underworld. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And, that, and I said, those, are, those are the same bugs that basically eat away at your body and help decompose your body. Ladybugs? No, they weren't ladybugs. They looked like, I think they looked like, like they're, 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 they're like beetles and 
Yeah. I'm gonna have to look that up. They don't tell you in the book. They yeah, there's the same kind of bugs that basically eat that de- that eat decomposing flesh. Right. I, I didn't even think of that. I thought they were ladybugs. But this, this is, and if you notice them in the film, they're kind of running it, they're kind of walking in reverse. Yes. I didn't That's, notice that. That's cool. Yeah, okay. Going, uh, this is why I found the movie fascinating. But I, I'll tell you later. <laughs> So another thing I found interesting in the movie is simple fact that when she's talking about the abuse that she had, like, you know, they're taking her milk and stuff. I thought it was really interesting. The director did that from a POV shot, like from her point of view, like, cause it's like, she's like, bugs and butterflies sucking on her breast. (laughs) Who was, I said, the director chose that when she's talking, when she's talking about the past, Mm-hmm. Not what she's done before killing the baby, before she es- escapes from that, and she's talking about that. If you notice, it's from her POV shot. It's not done. She's not. She's not in the frames. It's from her, mm-hmm. the, from her point of view, how she's seeing it. I thought that was quite clever. So well, they, they said they are ladybugs and butterflies, so I, that just totally confuses me now. Okay, <laughs> I know they were. I know they're running, walking in reverse. It so says that they have a mix of her black clothing with the insects and the floral motif hints at the character being something between living and dead. Yes, so yes, got, yes, you're right. You're right. So there's something to that. That's it. It, it just it was it's just bizarre. That whole fucking scene is bizarre. <laughs> just I found it fascinating. With bugs all over. She's I, I found it extremely fascinating. I, I I could write a book about this stuff. I found it extremely <laughs> fascinating. I, I, I I'll tell you when it's my turn because I could speak for hours about beloved characters and the way they portrayed it in the movie because it's amazing and fascinating from an anthropological and psychological and even spiritual and folkloristic point of view. I just, oh, I love this stuff. I just loved it. <laughs> I, I can tell you. <laughs> I think Sorry, I'm, I get excited about this stuff. She, she, she was eating like that because for me it was like a representation of like being a baby, you know, like to yes. come like so when you know when you're a baby, you're eating with your hands, you mix all the food, mm-hmm. right? right? And she was learning at the beginning; she, she couldn't walk, so she was <laughs> to walk and then other things. There was I don't know, maybe it was my my interpretation, but it was in a moment that Denver seems to be like jealous because she uh, was she absolutely she yes, totally oh. monopolized her mother's time. Yeah. Where she took over the entire household and everything else. So she went from being really happy that she 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 was there to be uh, annoyed. And then at the end, when she goes to work, because she realized that if she doesn't go, go to work, I love that scene that she was able to see again her grandma and was her grandma, who, the one who gave her like the strength to leave the house, go for a job and change the thing. And yeah, uh, I enjoy the movie. Uh, I will be honest, when I saw the movies at two hours and 50 something, my God. What was <laughs> I was the same. I, 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 I kind of figured, I kind of figured I couldn't you were going to panic it. when you saw that. <laughs> I, I, mean, I enjoyed it. I watched it this morning when I first got out of bed. And I thought to myself, like, this is a bit heavy for first thing in the morning. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you watched it this morning? I'd never seen it before. It's the first time I've seen it, so. You need but, that big, big tube it was, of popcorn. It was heavy for that time of the day. I'd say that it was a heavy movie for that time of the day. But. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. I don't know if I will watch it again, but 
I enjoy it. Um, I never never heard about this movie before, or even Oprah doing other role, other movies. Or, she did uh, a lot of stuff back in the eighties and nineties. I haven't really seen anything. She's not done anything in a while. Because now she's multimillionaire. There's no need. <laughs> she has a channel. She, she produces all the um, what's his name, Medea films. Who's that guy? Oh, Jamie Foxx. No, who does Medea? No clue. Black guy. He does. Um, it's Black Jamie Foxx. No, it's not Jamie Foxx. It's um, Jamie, Jamie Foxx is not Medea. Oh. Uh, oh, that's gonna bug me. I hate it when you say something and I don't know it. <laughs> but she does, but she she has her own channel and produces Terry Perry. Nope, um, the own channel or Terry Tyler 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 Perry. Tyler Perry. That's what I was trying to think. Okay, uh, yeah. She does his show. No, well, she doesn't do a show anymore. But she produces. Oh, she has oh. chat. She has her own channel and she does um, Tyler Perry. She owns the We and the Own channel. Like yeah. That. So she has her own magazine and da 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 da. So, so what about yourself, the um, David? Your thoughts? I'm going to read because I'm going to speak for hours about this. So first of all, I watched the movie twice. I loved it so much. I had to watch it twice. Oh wow! Um, you liked it that much? Hated the book? Loved the movie? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I'll be honest. It's probably because I was rushing to finish the book. I skipped some parts. So maybe I didn't read it. Maybe I should reread the book again. But the movie, oh my gosh, I really, really loved it. Um, the biggest, the two biggest figures for me, oh my gosh, this is, oh, I should, I'm going to write a book about this. I'm going to write an essay because this is, this has touched me deeply. I can't explain it. For me, I found these two figures in this whole movie, which I saw as rep a representation of life and death. And those are my two favorite characters. So the presentation of life is uh, Baby Sucks and representation of death is Beloved. Baby Sucks is my favorite character because she's the embodiment of like survival and the matriarchal, the woman who has all the tradition, takes all the power of the, the belief in the community. So she becomes central, like the shamanic figures who bring them back to life, who heals them all, you know? So she becomes like a sort of like mother nature who tells the people now dance, now breathe, now weep, cry and dance and smile and thank God and everything. I cried when she was doing that scene. I, I'm not joking. I've, I've never been to certain there's like ceremonies but that moment i i felt like they filmed something was done like genuinely i know that obviously sometimes they do film scenes and they plan them i genuinely think that that scene was done like naturally the things happened as they went i felt something in the moment i i was crying and i'm no joking and that woman for me was like this matriarchal fig figure of power, of healing, of like energy of life. It was incredible. And every time she was smiling or saying something, it was like, oh my gosh, I wish she was my grandmother. She she was beautiful. She, she was, was very, amazing. She was very wise. She was wise. And, and, and also she gave you, she gave me that sense of like protection and safety, if that makes sense. On the other side, you have Beloved. Beloved to me was like the figure of the goddess of death. She comes from the dead. She, she comes from the water. She did not yes. have a good vibe. There was nothing Absolutely. positive about that. But in her being herself, I felt like there was normal as a figure of death. So first of all, she comes from water. At the beginning, she's coming from the water. So again, the, the you know the symbol of water. Obviously, 
covered in insects and bugs, almost as if the, those bugs were bringing it back to life. You know, you, you, when you die, you decompose and it becomes rotten, etc. So it's kind of like it's being brought back by the insects. Do you think that she like was kind of going along with her life, life in the movie? Because, I mean, obviously we know the history of what happened before. But she loses her job and just all this shit just happens. And, I mean, she does, I mean... I'm trying to figure, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around whether this is mass hysteria or this is an actual. <laughs> I think it's actual. I think it's mass hysteria. I think it's actual. No, no, no. But you can, you can, uh, the way I see it, you can see things from different perspectives and different angles, and you can see things and learn things in different angles. I see right. it as a literal thing. That's the way I like to see it. But I, I can see from a different perspective also the fact that this woman was going crazy and then, you know, it was I don't even know if it's crazy. But I think the star of the show was PTSD. These people all had it. Just terrible. And, then, and that makes you, Traumatized makes you become dysfunctional. But then obviously the way all the characters, you know, behave and move and think, obviously doesn't, from the point of from my point of view, of the way the story is portrayed in the movie and the book, it doesn't look like she's imagining things because people are connecting and reacting and doing things with this beloved person as well. So she's there, she's physical, she's a presence that appears there. So then that I see another interesting thing for beloved beloved from, from example is also that she's very dysfunctional. She's not proper human, so she can't walk properly. As me of the Little Mermaid when she got the legs for the last time. Right. Um, she can't walk properly, can't talk properly or communicate. In the beginning, she's got this very guttural voice. She looks like a monster, if that makes sense. She's like... Ugh. So she can't yeah, even talk, I'm to, she can't... Is she supposed eat. to be mentally challenged? Or That's, is she, uh, or is she supposed they were going. to be the two-year-old baby in a woman's body? Two-year-old baby in a mother's body. Yes. But then, obviously, when you don't going on, the first thing you think is like, okay, there's obviously there's some problem going on there. Because that's, that's the spark. At least that's got, the first. Like. That's the first thing I, I I assume. And then I thought, okay, it's a very very young baby in the body of like a grown-up teenager. Say she's saying. not very evolved. For a Lady, at this point. exactly. Yeah, she's not. You know, and then the way she speaks and she tried to say things and it's very, very basic, very simple, very genuine, like almost like between a human and non-human, you know, almost like to a very... And, like, and animal, well, then, you know, and then she's genuine, got the scars direct. on her head and on her throat in the movie too. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's just so creepy. That That's just a creepy-ass movie. It really but they is. managed. But the fact that they managed to, to, to depict this woman this way. Also, she's, she's, she comes dressed up in black. Like, she's, yeah. com she's coming from a coffin. The symbolism of this person, this character, is, oh, for me, I was triggered in an amazing way. You know what it's I forgot about in the book, now that I'm thinking about it? You're talking about Beloved. She has her little stone, her little pink stone that said Beloved. Pink. In the book, yeah. Setha has to sleep with the engraver just to get that much <laughs> written on the stone. You know, she, it's just like she has to have 10 minutes of sex per letter or something. I mean, it's just that just there was just such a God, it's a god awful story. Nothing happy about it. When you look at Paul D's mistrust of beloved, what what's what's he say? She has no lines on her hands, she has no lines on her feet. She right. has she has um her shoes where she come from. Mm -hmm. they, they haven't been walked in, her clothes haven't been slept in. Everything is just like brand new. 
Even 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 the skin and even exactly. her feet, even her feet have not like her feet have never walked anywhere. If that's the case, do you think she from. came back to make things better for her mother to move on or to just fuck things up more? Because this well, doesn't well. If you remember, she comes back because John D exercises the spirit out of the house. Yeah, that's right. Right. that's right. That's right. That's right. Paul gets rid of them. I don't okay. know. Now that you you say that, I see it in this way. Um, Sissy was able to kind of like bottle out that pain and carry on with the life, but the ghost was in the house. Right. The minute one that that uh, Danny Glover comes back, she killed the the ghost. So now the ghost come back like in in a human body, which means in uh, Sissy now has that um, problem and bottle because she starts to talk about it, explain him what happened, how it happened. Now she deals with the problem, but the problem is is in present, and in the end, kind of like the, the, they sort it out completely. You know, like like human body and and spirit uh, spirit type talking, and it's like end of the, yeah. the thing. So I see like more like maybe in a kind of like all this in a different way. Imagine that you have a problem and you bottle up, and then there's something that that makes that react, and then you start to talk about it. And then you need to sort it out because now you have the problem that you can see the problem. You can you you mm. she was able to put into words to tell someone else what happened. Where then before she kind of bottled up and her life was okay. She had a job, everything was going on. And now it's like she see it, tries to solve it out. Now she has a problem that she needs to sort out and it's that she can't cope. Well, so, I think the old I mean the old lady, when the ladies are talking about what's going on, about whether yeah. they should help or not. One of the ladies, they go, one lady goes to the other lady, she goes, she's she's the age that she would have been if she lived. Yeah. Yes. But but she but but she's still a baby inside. So beloved, beloved, when when she appears, she's the age that if she lived, that's how old she would have been. And that's what she yeah. would have looked like if she lived. Yeah. But she's still a baby. Still yeah, because baby. it was like she was right. living like in a kind of like ghost with no no form let's say in the house it was like to say 15 years but her human life stopped at when she was a baby so she was not never going to grow until she came exactly. back so a yeah, really really clever way in, in, in lots of like folklore stories when they talk about ghosts they always say Ghost is basically usually about a person who dies a violent death or, or hasn't finished business, etc. And it gets stuck in that moment of life with the same emotions, with the same thoughts, etc. So the baby in the moment went of, I need my mother. I'm a baby. I cannot leave alone. So she was, she came back alive, obsessed with the mother. Like nothing mattered, even the sister. She's like, oh, I'm making for the sister, etc. But I don't give a crap because the mother comes first. The mother is my obsession. Everything in the world can die. And then the problem of the mother is that the Sethad becomes obsessed as well because she's like, oh my God, this is my baby. This is my redemption moment. This is the moment I'm going to make it right for her. But instead of learning, she kind of get this toxic love idea of like oh my god god everything can die around me but i have to focus on this person alone and alone itself to the point that she forgets she doesn't she can't manage to keep the relationship with paul it gets affected and then she comes keep going on with it guilt isn't it and guilt as well absolutely the guilt is what attracted i think this ghost the spirits 
into life because she killed and she felt guilt and then she fed this energy to the spirit to this ghost and the ghost came back to life so it's a kind of like um what's the word um uh, this sort of like weird toxic love between the mother and the, and the dead baby called um you know when you uh, codependent love you know which is super super toxic and it doesn't go anywhere yes very the baby's a ghost you know the baby's a ghost and that's what ghosts do the mother has a way to get out of it but she can't do it so the only way to do it is the exorcism and the daughter to get away and Paul to get away and then eventually you know sometimes you have to rock bottom before you can go up again and then when the mother managed to get out of the circles and get exercise and whatever and you know and then that's when they disappeared but do you think the love is a ghost or do you think she's a poltergeist she's both <laughs> Well, well she said. was the poltergeist because she was just trashing the shit out of the yeah. house. What is a poltergeist? Poltergeists are, are attached to a person. No, no, no. They're not attached to a place. Hauntings, hauntings can be attached to more, more like a piece of property, but poltergeists are so are attached to a person. They, they, they can be attached to a person. And that's why when she gets older, she's attached to Sethe. She'd be a poltergeist. So maybe it's more of a poltergeist story than a haunting story. It's more haunting. I don't know. This is kind of haunting. Yeah, I mean, but I could see the way to be honest. Because she was a poltergeist in the beginning because she was trashed in the house. She was making her shake. <laughs> well, she was just a Let me see that dog. Oh, I know. Oh, my dog. God. I was okay. I forgot about the dog. He had to remind me. I yeah. didn't care about anybody else in the whole goddamn when... except the dog. When... Okay. <laughs> I felt bad for the dog. I didn't feel bad. When she tried to put the dog. eye inside the socket, the I was like, that you okay, so this is the sort of movie the I'm watching. Than the humans. <laughs> I'd rather see people get it. Animals are innocent. Mm. <laughs> they don't deserve us. <laughs> Absolutely not. I agree. I mean, but what about the scene? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, kid. I found lots interesting that when she didn't get what she wanted and once her mother had full yeah. realization of who she might be, Whenever she didn't get what she wanted, do you ever notice that uh, Beloved starts attacking her throat around her mom? Yeah, what's the deal? Oh, yeah, okay. Your mom slit her throat and it's like, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, like when you have a child or something and you do, let's sit there and say that you do something to your child, but you didn't mean to, so you apologize or whatever. But, and if you're, if you don't give your child something, they always bring it back up, like to, yeah. to feed on your guilt of something that you might have done wrong. So it's, so it's kind of like that, isn't it? It's kind of like, if well, you're not going to give me what I want. So remember when you did this? So that's kind of... So I thought that I was... I didn't think of that. And she had a sweet tooth, too. You know, now that I think about it, it all points out that this is a two- or three-year-old because just of the mentality alone. So it but has what the hell, to be... In a but why in, the, why in the world did the mother spend all the flipping money... Just throw a party. Like because being... I guess that she does one <sighs> thing. She I, she did. She wasted all of her money on a party. I, I was yeah, like, but, but then again, she wasted. It'd, it'd be a bit like okay. Let's sit there and put it this way. Let's sit there and say that you think that you murdered your child, and your child comes back, and and you feel so guilty, but yet they come back to you. You're gonna spend all your money on a party, aren't you? To feed and buy, that and buy, and buy ribbons. Why ribbons? Buy food. <laughs> yeah, but, but you want to make it a celebration because she's come back to you. After all this time, she's come back to you. And it's it's guilt. I mean, when you when you feel guilty about something, a lot of you just throw money at something, don't you? 
Yeah, I guess. Or, or when you're unhappy, or if you're unhappy about something in your life, you throw money at it. That's why people get in debt. Yeah, yeah. they think that when you're happy, this is yeah. When you're really happy. You don't spend that much money. When you're depressed mm -hmm. or feel guilty about something, you spend a lot of money on stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's why you have hoarders. Hoarders are not happy people with a lot of great, well, a lot of great crap. No, don't even get me going on that show. Happy I watched that show at least terrible once crap a week. They want. So, you know, you gotta watch that. That's a very that, that's a serious mental illness. Have you watched it? Have you ever watched Hoarders? Buried alive. Oh my yes. God, that is like yes. so unreal. All some people are. Yeah, but you know why people? Have you ever noticed what's the one thing that all hoarders have in have in common? Is when, yeah, someone, yeah, when yeah. someone when someone's died in their life or has left their life. Yeah, yeah, always. So now you they have to be correct. So now they're just buying crap to hold on to it, so that way they know this stuff will never leave them. And I, always tell, I always tell Scott, it's like, we got to get rid of this shit. I go, because when we die, people are going to be fucking hating us if they got to go through all this crap. We got we to start unloading some of this shit. We don't need it. We can't take it with us. Like that as well, though. I mean, it's all based on guilt. But what I found interesting, though, and I don't know what this means because it's not in the book. But when Beloved starts tearing up the place and the downstairs be, starts becoming, starts you know demolishing or becoming you know dirty and trash yeah they go downhill quick don't they well did you notice the front door there's this triangle at the at the bottom uh, of the yeah with, with with uh stones on i didn't get what it was i think i don't know what that meant so sort of I, I thought that was like a kind of like uh you know when they put something to protect the house or something. yeah that's what i thought but there's someone's some someone's put I, we don't know i mean it disappears yeah, when her mad racing and everything starts yeah and i don't think it's like denver went to yeah. work on itself she she kind of like walk over it you know like no i i i, I thought what the fuck is and then when this when beloved disappears after the exorcism that that thing disappears it's gone so i don't know what that meant <laughs> i don't know what's like but do you think maybe that she was only here for a short wait. period of time or do you think she wanted to stay and take things over and those little old ladies coming over and doing their mojo Got rid of her. I think, I think, I think what it is is that basically, I don't think Beloved was going to like mature until she grew into her. I don't think her meant until oh, her she would baby grew into her babe into her adult self. I think basically is that even though it was malevolent at the same time, I think it it's to get everyone to face their crap and make them deal with their crap so they can move forward. Yeah. Well, they're all, I mean, they're all stuck with Denver stuck, all these stuck, Seth A stuck. They're just, and at that point, they're not living, they're just surviving. Mm -hmm. But what you do, she was a challenge. Once, but once the Beloved steps in, and then, you know, it forces Denver to go live her life, it forces Paul D to mm -hmm. live his life. And I, and we're, I'm guessing that Seth A, with Paul D's help, We'll start moving forward and start having a better life. Well, it does benefit some Funny. of them after she does come and after she does leave, because Denver would have never left that house. But you have to, you know, the thing is, is but this is what's quite interesting that sometimes things have to get real bad before they get better. Anyway, oh God, yes, yeah, absolutely yeah. yes. That is and, just human nature. And you know, and sometimes it's like you know we can see our things in decline. It's a bit like. You know, it's like let's take money problems. You know, it's like, like you might have money problems, 
But the thing is, if you don't deal with them on a regular basis, they get get thing, and then then it gets really bad. And after, and then once it gets really bad, and you had like that really horrible period, then the next, then you start learning to manage your things, manage yourself a bit better. You know, unless you're really stupid and you keep repeating the cycle over and over. Um, but you know, and I think so. As far as I see, as beloved, I see beloved as simple fact is that this was. You know, they kind of had to go down this dark hole in order to, you know, get a brighter because even because the thing is what you what I even noticed as well by the end of the movie anyway, even with Seth A or Oprah Winfrey's character is the it's very light and airy in this room after Beloved leaves. The house is very white and clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not shit. Oh, yeah. The oppression has been lifted in so many different Mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? The the door, he's all, I mean, even Danny Glover's character, or or Paul D's character, when he shows up at the door and he walks in and everything has its place, everything's clean. And and even like when he's talking to her, his face is all lit up, like with a bright light against it. (laughs) Sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Where before, if you look at the beginning of the movie, the movie's all really dark. The house is always just really dark and dank and brown, you know. It did. It wasn't a bit. Just it, it wasn't a very comfortable or comforting movie. That's for sure. There was no warm fuzzies in this either. Mm. But <clears throat> I thought Oprah Winfrey did a great job. I thought yeah. the actress portraying Beloved did a fantastic <laughs> job. She does wonderful in everything she does, though. Well, Kimberly Lee. I mean, she's twenty-one in this. She's freaking fantastic. I didn't even think she, she was that Deadpool. old. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was phenomenal. Oh my God, yeah. I I, I meant to look up how she studied because she, I don't know if she's a method actress or. She had this this down. She had this totally down. You know what I I was thinking? I don't understand why it bombed so bad. It wasn't a bad movie. I think it's. To be honest, well, the time the time probably doesn't make things better. But so tell all it's long. It's very long. Uh, Kimberly at least was in Set It Off. Okay, that's where I've seen her before. But um How old was she? Um she was twenty. Twenty. Was she really? I thought she was younger. She was born in nineteen sixty seven. Okay, so now she's She's 20, she'd be 21. Three years 20. younger than me. Yep, she's, that's about right. So, so when she's 20, when they're saying she's 20, I guess the film was done, probably filmed in 1997 then. So six, so yeah. You know what I was thinking, Keith? Maybe that, that thing, that triangle with the rocks and that is like, maybe like a kind of like thing so Sethi doesn't leave the house. Mm. It might be. Oh, yeah, I don't, I'm going to miss this. Yeah, I did. I thought it was. I did. I thought it might be some kind of symbolism that, whatever, or maybe it's some kind of hex sign, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know that when Beloved left, that that goes. It just disappears as soon as she disappears. Yeah. Gone. So maybe let's keep her in the house. Why did she come out naked as a jaybird though? And she, was she pregnant with Paul's baby? Is that what that was, or was that something else that I'm just not aware of that y'all picked up on and I didn't? Well, if you think Oprah, Oprah was pregnant. Uh, Passed the door, so she she didn't want Oprah to leave. She wanted to stay. Does she stay with her? And right. That, that's why she was kind of following, but she couldn't get through the door. And... I also think it's symbolism for this. This is the naked truth. Yeah. 
yes. the naked truth with full blown bush. Uh, but also, <laughs> like, if, if, but also like, I think on, I think there was anybody shave in the nineties. <laughs> but that was <laughs> and the eighteen hundred. That was not the nineties. That was eighteen something. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's true. I got to put myself into context, but you know, just like I was just like. <laughs> Come on now. A bush in this movie. A hairy ghost. (laughs) There's lots of bush in this movie. I mean, I thought I thought basically she's coming forward and she's kind of like, you know, like the the horror, you know, monster that comes out and kind of like presents itself, you know. But she was also carrying the the blanket of hope wasn't she which she drops to the ground a quilt of hope and then of course she turns you know and as she's laying there and as you notice that this is like a cocoon that the butterflies are coming out of her before she disappears yes yeah yeah butterfly but butterflies uh constitute you know a new life oprah i guess had to beg the author to, to to do this movie she would not let her do a treatment on the book or screenplay or not that she had to really bug her to let her do this and make a movie out of it. Well, I think some, I think the, I think what might, I mean, I have to sit there and say first a film to, you know, when we compare the book to the film, this is probably the most literal adaption that we probably could have. It's very literal. It's the closest thing I've seen so far and yeah. all the stuff we've covered. And that might, you know, but with that, maybe it was a bit too literal for the multiplexes at that time. Possibly, um, possibly. I mean, it, it's hard viewing. I mean, I sit there and say that it's not an easy film to watch. Well, I think it's what? supposed to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it made me feel uncomfortable a lot of things. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of crap in my life. Well, I've so been, have I. I've butchered. I've seen bodies be dissected. Yeah. You know, I get I see vivisection, like live videos of people being vivisected. Oh my like, god! Things like that. I've seen like all this stuff in my life, and I have said to say that this experience of this. I mean, even like when I you know I woke up this morning about eleven o'clock. They gotta watch Beloved. Should have watched it last night, but I'll watch it this morning because I got time. Made my cup of tea, put it on, and I thought, what the. <laughs> This is a first thing in the morning. I didn't know you hadn't seen it before. No, I mean, I think, I think this movie because a. Did you put making the tea? Sorry, but joke. <laughs> I the reason why I picked this is because a. I read that everyone in their life should read, at least read one Toni Morrison book in their life. I agree. Um, and plus, I thought this is a good opportunity because we're dealing with America Goes Dark, which is the theme for this year, which our last episode will be. It's about as dark as it gets, too, as mm-hmm. far as history, content, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect from it. And I always try to put stuff I don't, I haven't seen or have no prior there. But I remember the girl at work was telling me, oh, you have to read The Beloved at some point in your life. She goes, and I read, I read up on it, but it's one of the most important books written in our gener- of our generation. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I added that down. And I never saw the movie. I always wanted to see the movie, but it's like, you know, it's one of those movies like I really want to see. And you know, you can see it on list or whatever. It's like, oh, not today. I'll go around to it. So I figured this will force me to actually get around and actually see it, which it did. So but um, but I you know, I think it's a very, very I had to say I 
you know, I'm surprised that it's directed by Jemmy, um, Jonathan Demme, who did um, Science of the Lambs. Um, you can tell it was him. There, well, you can tell I the think, same style and darkness was there. Just I was the way just, the film was the film. You could tell there's a lot of similarities. I'm just I'm just quite surprised it's a white director. Actually, I would expected because of the people involved in it. Oh, and, you think because he was a white director, you think that a black director might have add, added more? Or I don't know. I think I think I'm not. I don't know if I don't know if a, a, a different kind of director would have done better or worse. I'm just surprised that because everyone, if you look at the credits and everyone associated with the film, they're African American. Right. So to find that and then have Jonathan, but Jonathan Deppy would Deme just got off winning an Oscar for Sons of Lambs, didn't he? So yeah, that makes sense. But I, I mean, oh, he was rocking and rolling at this, and then the movie bombed anyway, though, which I really don't get. It. It's bad, but I think it's the the running time at that time probably was a bit probably much. wasn't enough. We had more of an attention span back then, though. Now we don't. So I could see where they would have to cut this down to an hour and thirty, hour and forty, if we, they made it now. Yeah, I mean, films of nineteen. I mean, I don't, I don't know what films were out at that time. Um, what so, was it? Ninety eight. God, what was out in ninety eight? Movies of nineteen. Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> so that's gonna bug me now. What really? What what was out in nineteen ninety eight? When you think about that it, that time it was another American movie. History X, The Truman Show, Rushmore, Rush Hour. There's something about Mary, The Big Lebowski, The Thing. Armageddon Group. came out. Yeah, Species. Pokemon the movie. Thin Red Line. Oh, the Pokemon came out. movie. Yep, Armageddon. Saving Private Ryan. Armageddon. Uh, did this movie went really good in the cinema? No. Mars, Great Expectations. Oh, I don't think it did. But what I think is, 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 I think it's not a movie that you will go and watch in the cinema. It's more like a movie you will watch at, at, at home. On a Sunday afternoon. It's a proper Sunday afternoon blues before Monday. Yeah. But I don't I know. Watch it I watched mom. it. I watched it. I, I mean, I watched it. I, I don't know. You got to watch these things when you're high. Seriously. It's much more intense. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is like, it's not a movie that you will watch with if you invite your friends to watch a movie at home. I think it's not the movie that you will. Oh, oh. I would not actually. Watch I would. I mean, I'm actually, a big, I would. I'm a candy ass when it comes to some stuff because I will not watch that series. I got like three more episodes of The Exorcist to go. My husband spent the night over with his family in the two towns over. It's like I ain't putting that shit on and I'm alone in the house. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love it when it came, came, out. came out the same week as The Big Lebowski and. The oh. Oh my God, no wonder the big Lebowski does talk about the mind frame back then. And the wedding singer. Oh my God. And, they, and the, yeah, but I can, well, that, those are two stupid, funny movies. They really are, but mm. I still don't get, because, because this is, I mean, I guess we didn't get a lot of good horror back in the 90s, did we? We got some, but. Well, I think all we had really was the Scream films, which just started. Yeah. And then there we had a lot one. of like, Really weird, like really weird copies of Scream. Like you know, I saw what you did last summer, and that yeah, kind of... that weird ass shit. It was okay. Is that okay. the one where they hit the guy and and they they throw him in the water? They think he's dead, but he's not. Some fishermen in a um in a raincoat. Oh, what was her name? What was her name? She's not doing movies anymore. Was in that Sarah Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller. 
Yeah, but there was another one. She was in Sin City. Jennifer Jennifer Love, huge tits. There you, there you go, there you go. Huge tits, is that what you called her now? Jennifer, well, that's what they used to call her. Jennifer Love, huge tits. Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, God, y'all are a tough audience, man. Freddie Prince Jr., I think, was in it. You know, all, all yes. the teenies. Yes, the yes, 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 yes. Yes. That was a that was it was it was kind of entertaining though. David might like it. Yeah. David, you should try to watch it. You'd like it. I've seen the sequel as well with Brandy in it. So now it sucks balls. Sequels always suck balls. I begin to think that you cannot make a decent sequel anymore. Mm, well, I mean, it's very rare that the sequel out outdoes the. But I don't know. You got Halloween kills and Halloween ends. I do not know which one is better than the other. <laughs> we have Terminator 2 and AVNs. So now Joe something. could tell me if he was here. <laughs> is Terminator really the good? I don't know. I've never watched any of the Terminator. Is it really anything good? I yeah, love the Terminator movie. The first and the second one, yeah. Then if you want to stop, you can stop. Because yeah, first and second one, awesome. But after that, kind of... The second one, I think, is like, it's like a masterpiece. Except, yeah, I, I, love, love, I love Terminator One, but if if I'm looking at movies that came out that same year, RoboCop steals it away from Terminator. Oh God, yes, absolutely. Another one I haven't watched. RoboCop. A lot of, a lot of movies I haven't yeah. watched. RoboCop. I can't find nothing wrong with RoboCop, and I have tried. There's absolutely I mean, nothing wrong. For with RoboCop, it. I used to watch the cartoons in the nineties because they used. To this series, like a cartoon series, but I never watched the movies either. No, yeah, I, I, I remember I watched the movie. I used to have a poster in my room. Oh, wow. You do? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was a cartoon person rather than a movie person. So for me, like a lot of my friends are like, oh, you haven't watched this movie? You don't know about this movie? I'm like, sorry, no. If you ask me about cartoons, I've watched plenty. I love cartoons, anime, well, whatever, animation. Well, we need to Dragon Ball movies. Oh, yes. Uh, I love Dragon Ball Z. I've watched it. I would like to watch it. I used to run home because my kids would have Dragon Ball Z on to see what Frieza was doing. I was so addicted to that because my kids would have it on every day after school. And then I had to know what was going on. It was like so much. I I, I loved uh, Dragon Ball, but for me, it was all about Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. I love Sailor Moon. That's so funny. You guys like Sailor Moon. You guys crack me up. I love Power Sailor Rangers. Moon. I grew up with Sailor Moon. Power Who's Rangers. Who's your favorite Power one? Ranger, Leandro? What? Who's your favorite Power Ranger? Uh, well, the green because it's my favorite color and then turns into white. One of them went on a killing spree who was in the Power Rangers. One of them murder or something. I and I used what to happened? Watch, uh, one of the Power Rangers, one of the actors playing the Power Rangers, killed a couple people or something. I heard something about that a couple weeks ago, but I didn't pay Which any one? mind. Which color? I don't know. I, I like the pink Power I watched it, but the thing is, I couldn't. I'm very good with actors' names, but when it came to the Power Rangers, I just never took any of their names in. <laughs> I, just, I, used I, watch, I used to watch... Another one that was like Power Ranger, but it was a, it was it was VR Troopers. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, they were they were <laughs> three <laughs> friends. And they, I think they had a dog. It was that one was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's sort of like the stupid movies. What was it, Stormtroopers with the giant bugs? Oh, uh, I love Storm. That's Stormtroopers. Starship, what Starship is it called? Troopers. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Oh my god, that is so fucking stupid. But I will watch it every time, every single time. <laughs> 
I will watch that movie. <laughs> but that's a Paul Verhoeven film who did RoboCop and who did um, Total Recall and Show, uh, Showgirls and Basic Instinct. And I love Paul Verhoeven films. Yeah. But you have never, yeah. have you ever, did you like Thundercats? Thundercats was my favorite. Yes, movie. I like Thunder. We just got to get Leandro a bowl of cereal and slap a VCR and some tapes in. <laughs> no, no. You know what? The first time I went to USA, I was in Orlando. There was a shop. And at that time, there was like all DVDs. And um, I regret so much. They were selling the whole, whole uh, collection of all the seasons of, of Thundercats and I didn't buy it and I didn't regret <laughs> I used to watch Thundercats I watched yeah, all that right shit now. I'm so glad it's not just me but that's, that's my birthday present if you want to get me all, because I hate it because uh, no, I think I, I think I was able to watch the, all of them you know there was those cartoons that you could never see the end yeah. because yeah. they were always taking um, and look you know in Argentina now every Saturday morning one of the channels is they're playing Alf again. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, did, I cannot watch that. Right? Hard pass. Hard pass on Alf. No, I've, I've, I remember that I used to have a friend that, that he used to love. Every time I was, was popping in his house, he was watching Alf. And I couldn't get the jokes at that time. You know, when, you, when you're like, kind of like, yes, I watch it. But, and then one day I, I suddenly, <laughs> And the jokes that were they were doing, right? That Alf was uh, doing is is like Shrek, like you know you, you can you can understand the other, but then it, there's something in behind, you know, that was really clever. <laughs> oh, I like Shrek. There's a lot of shit in those cartoons that goes right over my grandson's head. You know, and those are the cute little. I like those little Easter eggs out because those are fun. Oh, it's it's a good time. Okay, before we go any further, why don't we sit there and rate the beloved, starting with you, Leandro. How many stars do you get beloved? Four. And yourself, David? This is probably the best movie we've watched out of the movie to book, book to movies we've done so I've done so far. And what about yourself, Vix? I gave it a five. I loved it. I'm gonna give it a solid five as well. I think it's I'll probably never watch it again, but I'll never get. I'll, there's a lot of imagery that I'll never get out of my head. <laughs> I'll never get be able to get the imagery out of the milk thing. That that is forever just etched into my memory, never to go away. I mean, Ever. they're 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 stealing her milk is forever etched in my brain. So um, yeah, right. see, but it's traumatizing. Lisa, once we were we, I think it was a Christmas time, right? I, I, um, we were all the family together, and then I don't know, I don't know what the, my sister is a pediatrist, and my brother-in-law and his dad and his sister they're um, gynecologists and obstetricians, right? So, um, I don't know what they were, I don't know what they were talking about, and they were saying that apparently in Chinese culture, when the baby is born, the first seed of breast milk is for the dad, and I was like, 
man, do you have to say that when we are eating? I have the image of my head now of a, a Chinese <laughs> book that really <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I want that that memory or the, any of that. I at all. <laughs> I have, I I can I can't, I can't top that, but I remember going to Starbucks, and a mother was breastfeeding her eight year old still. Oh no. Wow. Absolutely. I know people that will breastfeed until they're in high school if they could. And they just no. There there's comes a time when absolutely not. Especially when they start biting. My daughter, she I was good with her till eight months. Then she started biting my ass. It's like, nope, we're done. That was it. One <laughs> politics. Sorry to ask you this, Big, but how is for a mother like when to stop? Well, you just say she starts to bite, but it's like I don't know because I imagine like the baby gets so like dependent that how do you stop it? Like gradually, right. one day you say, "Well, well they start good. eating regular food though after a while." Oh, and turkey. I mean, after a while, they oh, get turkey. up cereal. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up! They get up cereal and shit. Yet, you, I mean, seriously, I could. I don't. Someone else has got to feed that child. That just gets old after a while. It's just like you taste take no, out. No, no. But what what I'm saying is, that from the point of view, because I don't know, imagine for a mother, it's like an act of love. It just depends on the kid, though, when you stop. Well, I think it's an act of love. I think it's an act of, like, um, they, it's... Well, they feeding have... your own son... You lose like, a yeah, shit ton of weight breastfeeding after you've had a baby, let me tell you, though. My mom, I mean, we were bottle-fed, or we were, because my mom had jaundice, so we all be bottle-fed, so... That's Imagine probably... those, those, those mothers that have, like, five kids in one go. My yeah. God. I don't, I don't know how women breastfeed for two or three months, two or three years. I just like, no, <laughs> absolutely my not. My father used to teach my uncle and said that because um, his wife was pregnant, says she has triplets. He, Kenny, you're going to have to um, you're going to have to feed one. <laughs> you didn't get the joke. Well, you don't take a woman only has two breasts. So you have triplets. Oh, OK, OK. <laughs> yes. Well, one one is the, the skinny one that never. never <laughs> Well, on that note, this brings us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that went downhill <laughs> rather quick. Okay. <laughs> Um, our next book to screen, which will be finishing our American Ghost Dark series, will be Flowers in the Attic by B.C. Andrews in the film. I'm so excited for that. I love those books. So we're going to be dealing with Rit being, you know, making lots and lots of money, being rich and incest. So that will bring the American Ghost Dark to a nice close. Lots um, of incest. Yes. Next week, we'll be covering Batman. We'll be continuing our series of that. Our make remake will be True Grit from 1967 and True Grit from 2000. And love both of those. And of course, our Eminem Monsters and Madness will be the Spanish film El Ofernato or The Orphanage um, and Personal Shepherd. So it's good night for myself and good night, David. Good night, everyone. Good night, Leandro. Good night. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. And we'll see you next week for Back to <laughs>
Bye. 